Farmer Friday on Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Darren Hefty along with my brother Brian broadcasting from the Morton studio today. Since it is Farmer Friday, we'll be taking your calls and agronomic questions all throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. Or you can email us radio at agphd.com. All right. Welcome to the show. Really appreciate you joining us today. I wanted to talk to you real quick before we get into anything else. This coming Saturday, so a week from tomorrow, that would be Saturday, June 26th, we're going to have what we're calling an Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day. Now, this is different from the normal Ag PhD Field Day we have. That's going to be at the end of July like it always is. But we decided, uh, well, the last few years we've done a collegiate agronomy workshop in the winter. Because of COVID, we decided not to do that this last winter. But we thought, you know, we got to do something for the young uh, people, uh, people in college. I mean, just really, quite frankly, anyone that wants to learn more about agronomy. So we decided to have a Young Farmers Field Day. And you don't have to be young to attend the Young Farmers Field Day. We're going to talk about a lot of agronomy things out in the field, including weed, insect, and disease identification, scouting, and control. We're going to talk about how to pull a soil sample and read a soil test. We're going to have a root pit, and we're going to talk through, okay, what are we looking for here? Soil health, compaction, roots, whole bunch of stuff. How to pull tissue samples and interpret the data. Looking at drain tile and the soil and crop health benefits. The impacts of using natural soil microbes in production ag. Uh, We'll go through corn and soybean staging, growth and development, uh, taking stand counts, things like that. We'll also talk about what you can learn by digging up uh, plant roots. And then we'll compare and evaluate some different seed varieties and especially traits and just talk about how those fit on farms today. So a lot of great stuff. So if you would love to, if you would like to attend, I mean, that that would be great. Uh, But if you know someone in your area, somebody who's in college, who's a young farmer, or just quite frankly, anyone who just wants to learn more about agronomy, raising higher yields, and earning more profit on the farm, please invite them. It's next Saturday. So that's Saturday, June 26th. It's free. It's right on our farm at the site of the Ag PhD Field Day. But again, that's Saturday, June 26th. Please go to agphd.com to learn more about that. Oh, and I've got one good kicker for you, too, especially for those in college uh, or going to college. We're going to give away at least 40 college scholarships that day, 40. Uh, I'm hoping we can get just a few more by then, too. we got some companies we're working with as well. But anyway, we're going to have a whole bunch of college scholarships we are giving away that day. So go to agphd.com to learn more about that. All right. um, One of the big topics that we've been talking about here for the last few weeks is just the uh, growing drought across much of the United States and southern Canada. Um, I I, I got a funny story to tell you. So uh, every year when we do our Ag PhD field day and the our regular field day is always the last Thursday in July. Well, it's fairly hot it's dry and our field day site is on a gravel road that gravel road runs right past our office right past my house uh, right past uh, a local little country church and each year everybody's always happy because we have a road treatment done so it i mean like dramatically reduces the dust for two to sometimes even three months 
Well, this year, you know, we haven't had rain in forever, so or any significant rain. And so anyway, it's getting super dusty. And I just thought, you know, how about if we move this up? I mean, the treatment lasts for two, three months, so it'll more than last through the field day. So I thought, all right, let's let's do it early. So we call the place that does it for us. Well, number one, the price is like double normal. You know how everything is skyrocketing, inflation, all that. Okay, they can come up with every excuse they want, but whatever. It's 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 more expensive. But I thought, well, I'm still interested. And this is what they said. They go, well, here's the deal. Um, it's really too dry to use this treatment. <laughs> I go, what? That's the purpose. It's to prevent dust. And they go, well, yeah, but we got to have some moisture. So it locks into the soil or, you know, into the gravel road and it prevents the dust for a long time rather than like just a few days. So either you guys would have to take your, uh, take your sprayers, trucks, whatever, and be just dumping water on that road constantly for several days in advance and behind us uh, doing this treatment, or you're going to have to wait for good rain. <laughs> and I go, well, if I was getting good rains, I wouldn't even be calling you right now. So anyway, that's where we're at. When literally the dust control people tell you it's too dry to apply the dust control, um, we know that we're in uh, a, a dry period of time. So anyway, hopefully things kind of straighten out here. I, I was just reading today, we've already had about the same number of 90, de- 90 plus degree days already this year than we normally get in an entire year. And yes, there are many other areas that are much hotter than us, much drier than us, but certainly for our area, it's quite dry. We've only had about nine total inches of precip in going on almost a year now. So, and that includes the snow. So we're sure praying for some rain this weekend. Hopefully we'll get it. Um, One of the things that a a lot of farmers have asked about is, Corn rolling up right now. Quite frankly, uh, wheat, soybeans, any crop. When the, the corn leaves are rolling up, that's a defense mechanism to try to prevent moisture loss. And it was interesting. I was in a field in Nebraska yesterday where they had several different varieties. Some varieties were really rolled up, some kind of rolled up, and a few others were not rolled up at all. And here's the thing I tell people. It's just like you know, whether we're talking about tissue tests or how a plant looks, if it's rolled up or not, all these things. I mean, yep, it's good to evaluate. And because of that, we think we have more information about certain varieties. But at the end of the day, or really at the end of the year, all we care about is yield and profitability. So don't get too hung up on which varieties in particular are rolled up. That may be a good thing, maybe a bad thing. Don't really know quite yet. Just Make sure you're tracking that. Make some notes on that. And then let's see how everything pans out come fall. So there's still time in a lot of crops and a lot of areas to get some rain. Uh, Unfortunately, the top end yield might be gone already. But you know what? With good commodity prices, you can still hopefully turn out okay on your farm this year. Well, again, it's Farmer Friday. We would love to hear from you. Our number is 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. We're going to get to the phone lines right after this. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. 
Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at AgPhD we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an AgPhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. The Pentair Hypro Express Flush Valve reduces plug nozzles and improves cleanout of your spray boom. Simply flush boom sections with a quarter turn ball valve and leave your tools in the cab. Plus, installation is easy. Simply remove the existing end cap plug and replace with the Hypro Express Flush Valve. Learn more at Pentair.com Hypro. Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The end zone from Farm Shop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit FarmShopMFG.com for more. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday. That means our phone lines are open all throughout the show. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear how things are going on your farm. We'd love to hear if you got some rain. Haven't got a whole lot of those calls lately, but if you did and it was a good rain, we'd love to hear about that. And, of course, if you get an agronomic question, we'd love to help you solve those. 844-44-AG-PHD. Got to... Uh, we get feedback all the time, and I got this one from Jeremy, and it made me smile. Uh, he said, I don't know if this makes for good radio content by sending you a picture here from my farm, but here in southeastern Illinois, we are cultivating our quote-unquote solar panels. He's talking about corn plants to make them grow and take in more carbon dioxide and clean up the air. Hey, you're absolutely right, Jeremy. You are cleaning up the air by growing a crop, and we need to take credit for that instead of being blamed for everything that, for the most part, is not our problem on the farm. So that's awesome. Love seeing you grow good corn, and it looks like your corn crop's doing pretty good there in southeastern Illinois. Uh, thanks for the photo. Let's head to the phone lines here. Got Dusty on with us right now out in Colorado. Dusty, how's it going? Uh, I never thought 85 degrees would feel so good. <laughs> feel so cool, you mean, probably. Yeah, the last few, uh, really the last week plus, 100-degree days, not a lot of breeze. It's been, uh, been a little hot inside the camp, inside these fields. Yeah, no doubt about that. It's we're we're getting acclimated to it. I, I know my wife and I were talking about that too, and we're like, man, it's like ninety to ninety-five degrees in the evening, and we're outside, and we're thinking, ah, as soon as you get a little bit of shade, it it doesn't feel so bad. We're really getting used to this heat, but our crop doesn't seem to be. How about in your area? What what is the crop looking like? Is it hanging on? Well, three and a half weeks ago, we were just begging for some sunshine. Um, the corns and beans were just real lackluster. Um, the only thing that was really enjoying things was the alfalfa and the wheat. Um, and we, we were asking for sunshine and some warm weather, and we certainly got it. Uh, 
most of my community was pretty blessed with a pretty good uh, spring and uh, got some, got a really nice recharge on our profile. So there's there's moisture below the crops and there's they greened up and held on. Of course, everything's fairly well uh, in defensive mode past about one o'clock every day, but we are we needed the heat units to get caught back up and looks like things are holding on. Um, we could certainly, certainly use uh, another inch of rain any day. And it's been kind of building, but it just never seems to uh, let loose. We've had a lot of dry thunderstorms here lately, um, at least in northeast Colorado and the Panhandle of Nebraska. Yeah, it, it, it just seems to be uh, some hope out there, but it never really amounts to anything. I, I feel your pain on that, Dusty. I sure do. So how about yeah. bugs? Now, a lot of times in, in your part of the world, spider mites can become a big issue. Grasshoppers can certainly be a big issue. Are you seeing the bugs kind of get out into some of these fields now? Well, the bugs were awful in the alfalfa early. And there's been uh, the biggest thing we fought so far was pythium. I mean, we haven't had actual insect damage really be a major player yet. We had that kind of that cool, wet spring, and so we were fighting some below ground uh, bacterial and fungal problems. Um, grasshoppers are just starting to come on. I mean, the flies just finally started biting, and. Uh, that, that we always have a few below ground pests in the heavy ground that we live in. Sure. Um, for the most part, we've been controlling that. I mean, you want to talk spider mites specifically. Um, last year was kind of a big year, a big push for some guys planting some covers underneath of their corn, say about uh, V2. Okay. Got a cover over the top. And I was, I was pleasantly surprised. At how well, like a growing diverse canopy underneath, a, say, a corn crop, really kept the spider mites at bay um, and didn't really allow them to attack the corn plants. So I think on a larger scale, um, there's a few farmers that have tried that. But uh, yeah, we're anticipating spider mites, um, just like always it seems to, to flare up, especially on the southern end of uh, where we're at. Sure. You get to say you know, Colorado and South. It's it's a given. You're going to have to spray. So you just got to make the decision if you want to if you want to go with the Oberon or you want to you want to you know use a steward a couple of times. Whatever it's going to be, you know there's there's options there. But it seems like uh, there's definitely decisions to be made as we get into the Panhandle, Nebraska. I think we got a little bit more flexibility and we can kind of time that a little bit better with uh, with maybe some other Lepidoptera controls. So Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out this year. I know with crop prices the way they are, with uh, honestly a lot of the crop protection, especially on the insect side, the insecticides are so darn cheap. I, I know a lot of guys are going to pull the trigger, but you're right. Finding that, finding that perfect timing is sometimes a little bit tricky. Well, Dusty, hopefully you get some rain and it keeps you out of the field for a little while and keeps the spider mites at bay too. We're, we're needing the rain, so hopefully you guys get some and you send it, send the extra this way too. Well, I wish you the same, sir. You guys have a good day. You bet. You too, Dusty. Thanks a lot. Let's head over to Iowa right now. We got Pat with us. Pat, how's it going? Oh, hot and dry. It's the story of the story of the country this year, I think. 
Yeah, it it sure is. What does the crop look like though? I've heard I've heard the crop across Iowa, yeah, all things equal here looks pretty good for the amount of moisture you've had. Right. Yeah. If we would get rain from here on out, I think it would be a fantastic crop. It means dark green, everything looks good. But obviously in the middle of the afternoon it's rolling up and looks like pineapples out there, but early morning and late evening it's it's just a beautiful crop. Now, some of the guys that we've talked to in Iowa have said they've had a little struggle trying to kill some of the weeds that in these fields where, like you mentioned, the corn's rolling up, that the weeds have put put the defense on, too, and they aren't doing a great job. How, how'd you do on yours? Did you get everything sprayed yet? Yeah, everything sprayed the second time. I was really scratching my head the, last week when it was 90 degrees and no rain in the forecast and then dry, and I needed to put dual down and really had a time pulling the trigger on that but i decided well if it would start raining we are going to have weeds so i did spray the dual i made a homemade helix gt and actually we had an extremely good kill there wasn't a lot of weeds out there but uh, had a good kill and then sprayed the extend beans um early this week and yeah it's it's everything's got a good kill awesome. i have a lot of volunteer corn around but uh, that takes a little bit to get that knocked down you know what? You're right about the volunteer corn. This seems to be a pretty good year for volunteer corn. It's it's out there. I know we've got some on our farm, too, that that uh, guys are struggling trying to, to get that all done and the timing and everything else. So I like earlier timing because a lot of those clusters of volunteer corn, I dig them up and I see rootworms on them. So I, I want to try and kill them quick. But you mentioned spray and extend. I know we see some antagonism there with extend and the volunteer corn herbicides where we need a, a little higher rate of the volunteer corn herbicide to make it work. Yeah, I went with the top rate for sure. And actually the first first tank I screwed up and forgot to throw it in. So I was able to spray that separate from everything else anyway. So if that helps, I guess it was a good, good mistake to make. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. what did you see out of the extend this year? Did you spray extend to max or did you spray ingenia? Ingenia. Yeah, I just like the lower lower use rate, I guess. Less jugs to handle. Yep, yep, I can sure understand that. But it looks like uh, it looks like it stayed where you wanted it to be. Yeah, you know, I don't know how people, if they're following the rules at all, how you're having trouble with that stuff. I mean, if you're using the right products and using the right drift control agents and using your head just a little bit, you weren't going to have trouble with it. Yeah, I, and I've I've used it for four years and I've never had a, a bit of trouble. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I I agree. There's there's a lot of restrictions on it, and if you look at those, you know, we did a trial. We we had a neighbor that had a straight Roundup Ready field, and and actually had uh, one of our our friends that works for Bear was talking on the show here a week or two ago that they sprayed out a square in the middle of that field just to see how much drift there would be and how much movement and everything else, and it was. It was within the tolerance of, of what they say with the buffers and so forth. So, yeah, you're right. A lot of, lot of guys having really good luck. For We hear about all the bad stories. Glad to hear about some of the good ones, too. Thanks a lot, Pat. Really appreciate it. Stay tuned. It's Farmer Friday on Ag PhD Radio. When it comes to weed control, our cards have always been on the table because we believe you deserve near zero volatility, flexible tank mixing, and a wide application window. That's the Enlist Weed Control System, just better, with no ifs, 
hands, or butts. Discover better weed control. Enlist.com. Enlist.com. Precision crop nutrition pays. And AgroLiquid has precisely what it takes to help you succeed. The right products plus the right expertise to give you guidance based on your soils, your fields, and your goals. While our clean, seed-safe formulations and lower application rates make planter fertilizer easier than ever. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Your soil, your season, your edge. Make the new three-point Soil Warrior Edge from Environmental Tillage Systems your strip tillage system. Because you don't get to choose the condition of your soil, the Soil Warrior Edge is engineered to handle whatever's in your fields. And that same durable engineering goes the extra acre when that's what you have to do. The new Soil Warrior Edge three-point mounted strip till system. Learn more at SoilWarrior.com. Do you need to replant soybeans due to cold temperatures, heavy rains, or another weather event? Weeds don't seem to care, and you have limited options for last-minute weed control. This is when you turn to Spitfire Herbicide from New Farm. Unlike other Phenoxy herbicides, Spitfire can be applied up to seven days before planting. Fields treated with the dual active power of Spitfire will benefit from weed control that will ease planting and help your beans establish a good stand. Spitfire from New Farm, here to help. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. If you're looking to get the most out of your foliar nutrition and fungicide programs, ask your ag retailer about Nutex EDA from Sipcam Agro. Nutex EDA has been proven to increase foliar micronutrient tissue levels and maintain those levels for an extended period of time. When tank mixed with fungicides, Nutex EDA helps support plant health, resulting in higher quality and yields. Nutex EDA is an affordable and effective solution that should be part of every grower's high yield toolbox. Farmer Friday and Ag PhD Radio. We're taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. And, of course, we always love hearing the crop updates from all over. We've got Mike with us down in Alabama. Mike, how are you doing today? Well, I'm different than you, Darren. I'm a little soggy. I was going to say, must have rain. Must have rain. <laughs> ah, I wish we had it, too, I'm now. Brian. Brian piled about nine inches in a year, and we've had ten inches in the last ten days. Oh boy, yeah. See, that's that's not good. And I, well, it got a little tough. It, it, we couldn't quite get it out of here quick enough. We probably lost about a hundred acres of beans that just the water couldn't get off of. There's, sure, the river was full, the creeks were full, just couldn't take it. But I'm trying to figure out how to channel this tropical depression up to you and bypass me that would be great I'm, I'm, i can't find the track right there but. <laughs> well it sounds like there's plenty of folks uh, to the north and west that would be happy to take some of those uh, inches of excess moisture but well that's just how it goes sometimes what what are the crops looking like though you say you lost some to to the flooding but were the crops in general looking pretty good heading into this 
looking real good. I'm we've we've had good moisture, and I'm just worried about about my root zone and and punching my roots down because we're due to get dry soon. But I don't know what's going to happen. But but we're in good shape moisture wise, and and crops are looking good. I lost a lot of earthworms. I never realized that we we're not river bottom solid river bottom but where that water stood i lost all my earthworms so i'm thinking with that i probably lost a lot of microbes and soil health probably went down where that water stood for a couple of days yeah we talk so. we talk a lot about drainage and and drain tile and those types of things but when the river is up and there's nowhere for water to go uh even with tile that can be a tough situation it, it it is, and I, I mean, with with tile, you got at least got some air that you can can get in there, and it gets out quicker. And like I said, I think we worry about a lot of cover crop and a lot of soil health, and and I think this was a disaster on those very bottom grounds, as I think we have backed up on our real soil health right there. You know, it's interesting that that you say that, too, because I, I think about that, and I've got some river bottom ground, too, and we've had some flooding over the last few years, and this year we, we definitely don't. But but how quickly can we build things back? How quickly can you get that going again? And it it comes back a little quicker than I, than I thought it would because I know I went underwater a couple times in the same year, gosh, I think two out of the last five years. So that – that got me thinking I'm in trouble. It's going to take forever to get stuff back, but my crop actually looks pretty good this year. If we caught a little bit of rain, it'd be, it'd be looking great, but I'm, I'm amazed. I, I think we've got pretty decent earthworm activity, not maybe what it was before the flood, but, but better than I thought. So I don't know how that gets, gets going again, but it, it sure, it sure has for us. So hopefully it will for you too. Well, great. That, that really gives me a positive feeling because I was scared of, of what, what's happened, but, well, it, life rejuvenates itself. Yeah. Right. Well, we got plenty of sunshine and heat to share, so we'll we'll send that your way as fast as we can, Mike, and and try things back out a little bit. All right, I appreciate it. Hey, Good thanks for the call. You, you bet. Let's head over to Ohio. We got Jim with us right now, uh, thinking about fungicide on corn. Hey, how you doing, Jim? Good. I've got corn about shoulder high already, and. Uh, I was wondering, I always put my fungicide on after the brown silk. Should I be putting that on just before tussles instead? Well, Jim, you certainly could. Uh, That's one of the things that we actually moved up on last year, too. Or actually, maybe it was two two years ago we started doing that. So there are more of the high-yield farmers we work with that are talking about having some pretty good success right before tasseling. It's just... People were avoiding the right before tasseling applications because that we were seeing arrested ear syndrome, but that was related to using adjuvants, spray adjuvants. So generally speaking, what we say is you can still use a fungicide, but you have to be really careful what you throw with it. 
And as long as you do that, it's actually fine. Now, the the bigger question is, do you need the fungicide? Like for our area, we're super dry, so there's a lot less need for that fungicide this year for the disease control. Maybe the plant health, that part's fine, but um, there, there will be less disease in our area, at least here for a little while, until hopefully we turn a little cooler and wetter in the future. So how are you sitting moisture-wise and, and everything? Are, I mean, is crop we're looking getting, good? We're getting we're getting more moisture than we need. Okay. Yep. And when you're getting more moisture than you need, that's usually where disease can really set in. Now, uh, temperatures, have they in your area at least been normal or above normal or how's that been? They've been, they've been kind of normal. Okay. Yep. Well, uh, it's got a rain this morning again. Sure. And you're in an area that gets more disease than we typically do here in the Western Corn Belt anyway. So I, Oh, I got one last question for you. Have you had good success spraying that fungicide after brown silk? Yes. Okay. Yes. So when you've had good success with something, we're never going to tell you, go completely away from that, all right? But we would tell you at least try some uh, pre-tassel and at least see what you think. You could also, uh, where, where you're going to try it, you could also spray after brown silk on part of that. So in other words, you'd have a little trial work where you do your normal thing, you do your normal thing plus early, or you do just early and just start comparing them. But I mean, there are a lot of good fungicides out there. And yes, there are a lot of good high yield farmers that have been talking about this pre-tassel application that it's worked quite well, uh, us included. Now I put on, I tried some Zyway. Okay in my fertilizer. I just want to try a test on that too. Sure. You bet. Uh, Yeah. The Zyway uh, Zyway is that uh, for any of our listeners, that's that new one from FMC. It's actually the same mode of action, same product, same active ingredient really as Top Guard. So it's a good trizol that lasts a long time, but people are using that in furrow at planting time and then hoping that the the disease control lasts season long. We'll see how long it lasts and how much the yield gain is and everything. But yeah, we tried some on our farm last year and we tried some again this year too. So we'll see how it shakes out. Okay. Now I got another question about uh, volunteer corn and soybeans. Yep. I've been, I've been using uh, glyphosate. uh, Okay. And uh, crop oil. Okay. And clethidum. Clethidum. Yep. Yeah, and I was, I noticed always uh, when I spray a tinge of yellow in my beans. (laughs) Yep. Is that the crop oil or is that, I can also put pursuit in there. What What is causing it? Okay, what rate of Roundup are you using, or glyphosate? A quart and a half. Of four pound or of the six pound Roundup? Yes. Four pound? Four pound. Okay. So yeah, it's it's a higher rate, but not like uh, the highest labeled rate or anything. So you're probably seeing two things. Number one, it's a little bit of yellowing from and because of the crop oil. The other side of it would be just yellow flash that we commonly see from glyphosate. So we typically will throw a plant growth regulator in with that or plant growth hormones. Uh, Mega Grow is a patented safener for Roundup or glyphosate. 
and we see a lot less yellow flash when we throw some Mega Grow in. It costs about four bucks, and we're gaining enough yield that it more than offsets that four bucks. So that would be something so that I would consider trying. But usually, is the Roundup that, causing that? Yes. Yep. The Roundup is causing a part of that. I'm not going to say it's 100%, but it's causing a oh, part of that. The crop oil was doing that. It, it, that's the other thing. Yes. Both of those things are causing some yellowing. So back when Monsanto had Roundup before Bear bought it, Monsanto would always tell people, oh, just use non-ionic surfactant. But the problem with the non-ionic surfactant together with the clethodim is clethodim is already not the best volunteer corn herbicide. And if you put non-ionic surfactant with it, that's not as good as crop oil. So we were seeing uh, subpar results for volunteer corn control. So no, if it's me, I'm leaving, I'm doing everything exactly like what you're doing now. I would just add mega grow and you'll see a lot of that yellow flash going away. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for the call, Jim. Appreciate yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you. You bet. It's Farmer Friday on Ag PhD Radio. We're taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Got an email from someone who's coming to our Young Farmers event. We'll talk more about that coming up right after this. If you've ever wondered how the Farmall got its name, here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the Case IH Farmall can do. Baling, cutting hay, feeding, hauling, loading, pulling, raking, cleaning barn, mixing feed, fertilizing, mowing, chopping, seeding, clearing, irrigating, furrowing, cultivating, hitching, digging, emergency tow, harrowing, hoisting, leading parades, excavating, grading. <sighs> Let's make it simple. This tractor does it all. So no matter what you're doing, can do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com farmall. If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at AgPhD we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an AgPhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. Revitech fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide, brand new chemistry, three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. 
When it comes to crop disease, the longer you wait, the more damage you do. Stop the clock on crop disease with DuPont Approach Prima Fungicide from Corteva AgriScience. Approach Prima Fungicide quickly surrounds the surface of the plant for rapid absorption, then moves throughout the plant, providing full protection of each leaf and stem, even those that have yet to emerge. Uptake occurs on day one for healthier corn, soybean, or wheat crop that can deliver higher yield potential and increased revenue per acre. For more information, visit approachprima.corteva.us or your local crop protection retailer. Always read and follow label directions. listening to Ag PhD Radio, and it's a Farmer Friday. That means we're taking your calls and agronomic questions all throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. Or you can email us, radio at agphd.com. I mentioned one of the emails we're going to get to here in just a second, but we've got a bunch of them we're still going to get to during this show. I want to start, though, with Harold in Indiana on the phone with us. Harold, thanks for calling in. What can we do for you? All right, Harold, are you there now? I'm having a connection issue there. Uh, start. Let's start back off with that email that I was mentioning. This one comes from Merritt, who's in Iowa. He said, uh, I'm a young farmer. I got a question. I, I don't know if you've addressed this or not before on the show. We've been doing mostly no-till for 20-plus years, rolling hills, 10 to 20 CEC. Most acres are fully tiled. We're in southwest Iowa. Previously, though, we've been doing all dry broadcast fertilizer except for nitrogen applications. Until this year, we did some deep placement trials with dry fertilizer. So I'm wondering, when you're doing deep placement, how deep is too deep to place macro, micro, and secondary nutrients? I see at our V3 to V5 corn, we're finally hitting that 6-inch deep placement of MAP, and the crop is really responding well to it. Just wondering what your thoughts are on that. I was I was doing a field day yesterday in Nebraska when, by the way, it finished out at like ninety nine degrees. So that was fun standing out in the field. Oh, cool. But anyway, cool. Anyway, <laughs> I I I just brought up to everybody some one inch soil tests we had done years ago. So we in law we took a long-term no-till field, a long-term strip-till field, and a long-term conventional-till field. And we did soil tests every one inch going down to 12 inches. So in other words, zero to one, one to two, two to three, and so on. And I, I said, you know, there's a lot I can talk about with all that. But I said, here's one interesting thing that I didn't even think about initially. I looked at soil pH at every level. And I don't care if we were talking no-till, conventional-till, or strip-till. We found the pH to be the lowest in the 4- to 9-inch range, and it was down into the upper 5s. Why is that? Well, the reason why is because roots kick out a lot of organic acids. So when they have organic acids going out in the ground, obviously that acidifies the soil, but they're doing that to try to make nutrients available. So when 4- to 9 inches at that depth, we got the lowest pH, what does that tell you? probably that's where the majority of roots are. So if it's me, I'm going to try to get that fertilizer down in the four to nine inch range. In terms of going deeper, we've gone clear down to 20, 22 inches deep with fertility, and we have still been able to pull it up. Now that zone clear down that deep isn't going to be as aerobic because just the natural gravity weight of soil is weighing things down and choking out some of the air down deep. So you won't get as fast a recovery or as much a recovery down deep, but no, I wouldn't get too worried about going too deep or anything like that with your nutrients, your plant still will be able to recover that most likely 
especially like for us in strip till or for you in no till where you're trying to minimize compaction you're not going back out there with a bunch more trips you're just placing that fertilizer down deep and then you are um, going to plant that's great there shouldn't be any real compaction down to that fertility level you'll get roots down there very quickly even if you're at 10 12 16 inches deep something like that but yeah four to nine inches is where the majority of the roots were in our studies in no-till conventional till or strip till i thought it was very interesting that didn't matter the tillage system that's where the roots were all right, let's head back to the phone lines here. Oh, and uh, and Merritt said, hopefully I'll see you guys at the Young Farmers Field Day coming up here soon. Hey, that'd be great, Merritt. Hope, hopefully you can make it up. All right, let's get back to the phone lines. Harold in Indiana, we we had a connection issue, I think, earlier here. Harold, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. My question is, my, my corn, and so are a lot of my neighbors, the corn's turning in yellow patches, uh, uh, yellowing. We got... For me, I got like 180 pounds of starter fertilizer on it, about 190 pounds of anhydrous ammonia on it, but it's turning yellow. My one neighbor told me he had a sample taken, and he said that we're um, lacking uh, uh, or sulfur. Yep. Yeah, but it seems like all the uh, the whole area, and we were extremely dry. Now we finally got just a touch of rain, but still. The yellowing staying everywhere on it. If I need to put sulfur on it, can I put it liquid inside my two by two when I plant next year? Uh, you can put a little bit on that way, but sulfur is leachable. So, I mean, what they always say is, okay, nitrate is. If you understand how, or you, I'm sure you know as a farmer how leachable nitrate is. They say sulfate right. is about half as leachable as nitrate. So it'll move in soil somewhat, just not as fast as, as nitrogen. So a lot of times, because it will move in soil, we will broadcast it. But could you band some? Yes. You just don't want to get too carried away. Because if you put too high a rate on, if your tiny little root hits that, it could burn it off. Mm-hmm. So be careful about how much you're putting there. Okay. Because at first I thought something was wrong with my fertilizer. But the fertilizer, uh, we're, both, we're all... The different farmers that I talked to, they got it from the same place I did. Let me and, uh, hit, oh, maybe something too much salt in the fertilizer. Sure. Let me ask you this question real quick, Harold. You said it's spots in fields with you and your neighbors. Where are those yeah. spots? Are they in the low grounds, the, the side hills, level. the high? Side hills. <laughs> Here's why I asked the question. Uh, we had some of that same issue years ago, and what we found is it was not sulfur, it was zinc. And where even, like for myself, I feel like I'm a fairly good agronomist and everything, and I go out there and I look at fields and I go, all right, I think it's this, but I, I always want to prove it out by running the tests. And so we started having this problem on our farm and other guys in our area, and I thought it was sulfur initially, and it was zinc almost every single time. So I would just say, yes, your neighbor's problem could be sulfur. Don't assume that's your problem. So what I would do is I'd go pull some leaves off those plants that are yellow. I'd send them in for analysis, and let's just see. My guess, because it's a side hill, is it's zinc. And here's the reason why. Zinc, just like phosphorus, barely moves in soil. So when you have any level of erosion, that means that your zinc 
and your phosphorus can wash away unless you've been deep placing or deep tilling in your zinc and phosphorus. So this was the problem we had on our own side hills. And so then we just basically did variable rate stuff across the field where the side hills got a heck of a lot more zinc. And then within a year, our side hills were again nice and green, yielding more, and everything was good. So I, I would encourage you to just test your stuff and prove it to yourself. And it might be sulfur. It could be. But I, it just it really makes me think, boy, when it's a side hill, I, I'm, I'm questioning if it isn't zinc. I'm 100% no-till also. Okay. So uh, I thought, well, maybe I should just go ahead and work that ground up once. And probably been close to 20 years that I've been doing corn and beans. And yep. There's a field that I'm in right now. There are two years of soybeans that I found went back to corn. Sure. Yep. And okay. Well, yeah, I'll have so, to take, that, it, take a leaf test. Yeah. Yep. That's that's what I would encourage you to do. The other thing I was just talking right before you get on about these one inch soil tests we did, and I'm not suggesting you go do one inch soil test, but you could do every three inches down in even just a couple, three spots on your farm and just see like in your top 12 inches is the vast majority of your fertilizer in the top three inches. If it is, then it's possible that just one time in 20 years, like you're talking about, you may benefit from doing some kind of deep tillage or just stirring things up once, and then you can go back to no-till for 20 years again. But, you know, they're, 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 well, I'm serious. There, there could be a lot of stratification there. That's what happened to us when we were doing long-term no-till. What we then did is we switched those no-till acres to strip-till. So we'd left the stratification, but we just decided let's just start placing more nutrients deeper and go from there. So, I mean, there are lots of ways to handle it, but it's just, it's nicer when we can identify what the problem is and then try to solve the problem rather than kind of guessing. Because right now I'm, I'm just shooting from the hip. I'm guessing just like we kind of both are until we get some data, we don't really know what the best course of action would be. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You bet. Thanks, Harold. Appreciate the call. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Yeah, there are always lots of things to, to learn and check into out in the fields. I love that Harold noticed, hey, you know what? I've got some problems. They're just in certain areas out there. My neighbors have got some problems, and it's a great opportunity to work together with those around you. We'll get back to more of your calls and questions right after this. Maintaining your crops is as important now as it's ever been. Howler, a revolutionary fungicide from AgBiome, can help. It provides long-lasting protection from a broad spectrum of foliar and soil diseases that affect crops. Howler is OMRI listed, has multiple modes of action, and has minimal pre-harvest and re-entry intervals. It's flexible, easy to use, and is available right now. Visit agbiome.com forward slash howler to learn more. Help keep the toughest, most resistant diseases out of your fields with Lucento Fungicide from FMC. An exclusive novel premix of two modes of action delivers broad-spectrum control and a long-lasting protective residual. Tackle key diseases in corn, soybeans, wheat, peanuts, and sugar beets. Choose Lucento Fungicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions for use. 
If you're a student seeking a career in agriculture or just want to learn more about raising good crops, at Ag PhD, we have some great news for you. On Saturday, June 26th, we're holding an Ag PhD Young Farmers Field Day right here on our farm. In addition to providing great information, we'll be heading into the fields to show you the principles of agronomy and crop scouting firsthand. College scholarships will be available to eligible attendees too. For more information and to register for the Young Farmers Field Day, visit agphd.com. Morton Buildings knows that great buildings need great people, and we want you to be the newest member of our team. Morton is expanding its construction crew, and we're seeking new and experienced candidates to fill our crew member positions. Morton provides great pay and training, so be a part of the next generation to build Morton. Don't let the opportunity to join the best construction crew in the business pass you by. Learn more on our careers page at mortonbuildings.com. Don't miss the Ag PhD Field Day this year. After postponing last season, we're back and better than ever, and we have a lot of catching up to do. With the latest in ag technologies on display in our plots, in-person sessions with the world's top farmers, and tons of entertainment, food, and more, it's a day you won't want to miss. Thursday, July 29th, right here on the Hefty Farm. For more information and to register for the Ag PhD Field Day, visit agphd.com. No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with a Bayer Plus Rewards program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cashback rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards. And that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit MyBayerPlus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full details. Thanks for listening to Ag PhD Radio today. It is a Farmer Friday. We're taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. We've got our friend Dave over in Minnesota on with us right now. Dave, how's it going? Well, it goes pretty well. Uh, thankful for um, some rain last night, so uh, life is good. Excellent, excellent. What, uh, what do you see out in the fields right now? How big is the corn crop? What are the soybeans looking like? Well, um, we've been so dry, and some of the lighter soils, we had some uneven emergence. Uh, but uh, surprisingly, the corn has persevered and has uh, come along. It's probably uh, 12, 18 inches tall, and the beans are, are looking uh, really very good. Um, we had just a little bit of hail with that uh, heavy downpour, and so uh, I was out scouting looking for uh, shredded leaves and things, and the beans look like they're coming right along. Pretty good, pretty good stands, and uh, if the weather cooperates, I think we'll, uh, we'll do pretty well now. Excellent. Excellent. We're getting real close here to the longest day of the year. Are you seeing any flowers out there yet? Uh, no, no, not not just yet. Uh, we got some of our beans uh, planted the last uh, couple of days of April, and uh, they're pretty far along. We may see flowering pretty soon. You bet, you bet. How about the insects? Now, I know when you said you got some rain and you got maybe just a little bit of hail on there, you probably aren't thinking about bugs right now, but when we've been dry, I know a lot of the dry areas have said 
already starting to see as guys have cut hay or ditches that the bugs are starting to move in. You got anything out there you've been seeing so far? No, I I paid attention to that today, and uh, I didn't didn't see any bugs. Um, and I think the, uh, the the time will come if we have a good bug season, they'll they'll move in, and <laughs> they they never seem to fail. Um, I I have noticed that um, in my fields where I'm a, a, a strip till corn guy and no till beans that uh, neighboring fields where they were field cultivated twice and gave up a significant amount of moisture early in the season uh they are uh, there's quite a setback in that uh, that regime so uh i guess moisture conservation is the word in this particular year yeah it sure has been i know we've noticed a big difference too with strip till fields this year they look quite good and we're really thankful they were able to conserve that moisture as well. So what's next, Dave? What's yep. your next management practice out there? You said you had just a little bit of hail. You're going to have to do anything about that? Or or is the, the next pass going to be uh, something just normal, like a, a fungicide, a foliar fertilizer, anything like that? Well, uh, yeah, we're not going to have to do anything about the, the hail damage because it wasn't that significant. But... Um, Right now, we're just finishing up applying uh, side dress 28%. Uh, we have a 12-row rig with the Yetter disc inserters. And then also we have um, a cover crop uh, spreading device or devices. It's actually two salt spreaders that you would put on the back of a pickup truck in the winter that we uh, spread cover crop seed as we're putting on 28% and uh, it works really, really well. We've compared it to the fancy cover crop inserters and uh, it is just as uniform and uh, the germination and uh, growth is uh, equivalent. So uh, instead of spending uh, a fair amount of money per acre, uh, being cheap Norwegians up here, we uh, <laughs> we don't know anything about that at uh, all, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're uh, we're very pleased with the uh, the simple but very effective uh, practice. Well, it doesn't have to be fancy to be effective, that's for sure. Well, that's cool. You have to let us know how that turns out this fall. Well, Dave, uh, glad you got some rain. Hopefully, the hail wasn't too big a deal. But good to hear from you. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thanks, guys. You bet. Thanks. Let's head out to Ohio. We got Rick with us right now. Rick, how's it going? Oh, too blessed to be depressed, guys. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, it's it's a good day out on the farm, especially when you get some crops to look at. What stage are yours at now? Actually, we're finishing second cutting alfalfa. Oh, awesome. Uh, mostly forage here. No corn and beans uh, in this area. Early corn and beans didn't make the cut very well. A lot of guys back replanting. We had cold weather. Uh, later crop looks really good. Uh, slugs hurt a lot of the beans really bad. There's guys replanting now. It's just been all over the board. As far as moisture, we're adequate. We're not wet. We're not dry. We're right on the bubble. Uh, I was supposed to have an inch of rain coming in tonight and tomorrow, and we will welcome that. But... Uh, been excellent haymaking weather anyway. You bet. Well, cut some more hay to make sure that that rain comes to the area. That's usually what does it, I think. <laughs> I just, 
I'm turning some now that I've got a sprinkle on. I think I can get it. And sorry for the noise in the background, but I'm going to make hay here again in a little bit. Absolutely. No, everybody likes that. They're they're very comfortable hearing tractor noise. That's a, that's a normal <laughs> thing. I think a lot of our show actually gets listened to in tractors or pickups. So vehicle noise, no yeah. problem whatsoever. Hey, uh, talk to us about the second cutting then. How's that tonning out compared to the first one this year? Uh, actually, first cutting was really good. I cut a little early. Uh, Weevil were just starting to hit it, so we cut it 28 days ago. Uh, what we cut this week was on the 28-day schedule. Uh, first crop made about 110 bale to the acre. Second crop made about 65 to 70. So perfect growing conditions for alfalfa. We've got uh, about 30 acres of Roundup Ready Pure Stands, and uh, this is the year that we're really starting to shine outstanding yeah it's it's fun when things are going well that that weevil larvae problem that you mentioned it, it was bad this year a lot of the alfalfa guys we talked yeah. to have been been yeah, talking about actually that the potato leaf hoppers last year were unreal we had uh yeah we had a heck of a time and we're watching some other second cutting now it's just starting to see a hint of yellow but it's a week away from cutting i think i'm gonna wait and cut it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna spray it i think i'll just go ahead and cut it yeah, it's always interesting making those calls in, in alfalfa, and it's kind of fun, too. I like that there are multiple cuttings in the year, and you know what? If you mess up once, it doesn't mean the rest of the season's bad, or if you make a great decision, yeah. that doesn't mean you can sit on your laurels because, hey, there's a whole other crop out there and another shot for the bugs yeah. to come after you. Like I say, it's a gamble. Farming on all of it's a gamble. You roll the dice and you play, but, you know, we're still in the game, and we're thankful for that, so... That's the best we can hope for. Absolutely. Well, great to hear from you, Rick. Good luck here on this second cutting, and, and we'll talk to you again down the road. All right. You guys take care. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Got a question here from Mark, Brian, and he said, I've got corn on corn, and we're normally applying anywhere from 30 to 50 extra pounds of nitrogen in the corn on corn versus first-year corn stuff. I wonder what you think about the timing of that. Now, of course, we got a dry year, too, that's going to – maybe make this year just a little bit different. But if you had medium textured soils, would you put the extra nitrogen on pre-plant and get it out there early to start breaking down the yep. residue? Yep. Would yep. you wait That's for the your answer. side dress or nope. would you do it later on? No, I'm doing it early. So, I, I mean, there's a limit to it. If you're already, let's say you're putting 300 pounds on early and, oh, I'm going to throw 50 more pounds on. Well, sure. In that case, then I'm going to wait. So if you've got, let's call it a normal program where, you know, a lot of people are putting out a fair amount early and then they're side dressing some, especially if their CEC can't hold, their soil basically can't hold all that nitrogen. You know, when you've got all that extra residue out there, that residue is going to tie up a bunch of N. So our, our rule has always been 10 times your CEC. And that's how much nitrogen your soil can hold at any one time. So just for example, let's say you got a 20 CEC, like a lot of our ground is, 20 times 10 is 200. So that means that ground can hold roughly 200 pounds at any one time. Let's say you got 50 pounds carried over from last year. That means you could apply about 150 pounds. Would I feel comfortable throwing an extra 50 pounds out there because I have crazy amounts of residue? Absolutely I would because it's going to get tied up. So I don't care if you want to put it on that extra 50 pounds in the fall or early in the spring, but don't get very late because 
if you don't put very much on to start with, then some of the nitrogen you need, your crop needs early in the season, isn't going to be there because it's tied up. So just make sure you have ample in every day of the year, and that starts early. Hey, thanks for the question, Mark. We really appreciate that. Yeah, it's good to think about that. And I like that you're thinking about corn on corn a little bit differently than your first year corn because it certainly should be managed differently. Thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.